Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at St. Philip United Methodist Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our weekly podcast at this time. Before we do anything else, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord, we thank you for another beautiful day, and we thank you, Lord, for your word where you uh, reveal your very heart to us. We thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, helping us to understand uh, the word that uh, you have uh, revealed uh, through the ages to all of humanity and how you make it personal to each one of us. And we pray, Lord, that you'll do exactly that same thing today as we gather now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're wrapping up a series, I guess you'd call it, where we've been looking at how to hear from God. And we've learned that we're sheep and that sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Jesus is the shepherd. He says he's the good shepherd. And he said that my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And so there we see Jesus saying that if you're his sheep, you can hear his voice. We also have learned that God speaks to us because we're his friends. He wants to be friends with you. He wants to be friends with me. We have looked at the fact that we're to cherish God's voice and the fact that he speaks to us. And we need to make time in our lives to listen to him every day. Uh, We also have learned that we need to guard or treasure uh, his voice and uh, the things that he shares with us. Now, all these things that we've learned up to now are all connected to one thing, and that's the fact that God wants more than anything else, to give us the uh, a personal relationship with him. Uh, he, uh, This is what he wants more than anything else, and it's what he wants from us, what he wants to share with us. And at the heart of that is really communicating with him day after day. He wants a personal relationship, and you were created for a personal relationship with God. You were created to hear his voice, but when Adam and Eve fell, that was messed up quite a bit. But then Jesus came to restore uh, the possibility of that relationship, but he he came to do that uh, by coming and going to the cross. Now, I think there's a whole lot of theology that really misses something really important. Think about this. We lead someone to the Lord and we tell them that God wants to have a personal relationship with them. And uh, that's why Jesus came, so that uh, we can have a personal relationship with him. But then we have to say, oh, but he doesn't talk to people anymore. Yeah, he wants to have a personal relationship with you, but he left a book for that. He left us a book, and it's kind of your manual for life. And you just read this and figure out how to put yourself all together with the help of this book. Now, this past Christmas, our grandson, uh, who was eight years old at the time, uh, received several Lego model kits. And whenever I was uh, younger, I'm not going to say when I was a kid, but when my kids were kids, Legos were pretty good-sized chunks of uh, plastic that you stuck together and made things. But these are different. These are little bitty different colored pieces of plastic that snap together and make something like a armored space car or something like that. And uh, he got several of these and he was sitting in our den and he said, 
would you put uh, one of these together? And I said, I don't know how. Well, I said, I'll help you. And so we sat down and we started working on this. And, and I was lost. I took out the instructions and I looked at them. And I could see the shapes and I could see some vague hints of how this should work. But uh, I couldn't make heads or tails of how to make these things fit or anything like that. But you see, Isaiah, my grandson, had done things like this before. And uh, if he hadn't been there with me, I'd have just put it all away and forgotten about it. But because he was there with me, we were able to put together some pretty neat stuff. And that's the way it is with God and us. And yes, the Bible is your manual, but praise God, he comes himself to help us with our lives. And he sent his Holy Spirit, the helper, to be right here with us. He helps the manual to make sense. And we fellowship together and we go through life together. Now, Dallas Willard once said, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. And that's that's true. I mean, just, just think, look, at, look how this manual begins and ends. First of all, it begins with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with God walking and talking with them. And then it ends in on the Isle of Patmos with the with God talking to the Apostle John. Now, all the way through the Bible, we see God talking to people. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, that's not the last time that God ever spoke to people. He speaks to people today. That's what we've been looking at. That's what we were created for. Now, our personal relationship with God, which is why he wants to talk with us, is meant to be our highest priority, our highest pursuit, and our highest passion. And uh, it's communicating with him. It's us conversing with him all along life's way. Now, this is his, uh, his purpose and his passion in sending Jesus to save us. Uh, listen, listen to this. It says, this is at the, at, when Jesus starts his high priestly prayer, listen to what he says. This is in John 17, one through three. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Listen to the law between God and the Father there. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Now, I don't know if you recall, if you've been listening very much in the past, but a while back, we saw that God's glory is his goodness. When Moses asked to see his glory, he said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock, and then I'm going to pass by. I will cause my goodness to pass before you. His glory is his goodness. And here Jesus says, glorify your son that the son may glorify you. May we both show forth your glory. May we show forth your goodness. Now then moving on uh, in the verse two, it says, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that, all to, that, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. Now listen to this. 
This is Jesus' definition of eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you. Notice that? He says that they may know you, that they may have a personal relationship with you. You hear him saying that? That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you, that they may have a personal relationship. This is his purpose, and this is his passion in sending Jesus to save us. Now, a lot of people look on Jesus as, uh, well, upon salvation as uh, just fire insurance, that you get saved, and then uh, you don't have to worry about going to hell. But you see, uh, being spared from hell is just a byproduct. It's just part of the parcel of what God wants uh, for, for us and for him. In light of all this, you see, communicating with God should be our highest passion, pursuit, and priority. In Genesis 3, 8 through 10, we read one of the saddest uh, portions of scripture to the Lord, I'm sure. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and he said, where are you? Now, here comes some of the most hurtful words that God ever heard. Up to this point, nothing like this had ever been spoken. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid my Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and they realized that they had sinned and they realized that they didn't want to be around God. Sin separates us from God. Now, a personal relationship with God is our highest priority. God created us to have that personal relationship with him. He walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He had a personal relationship with them and they knew and they recognized his voice. And then Adam and Eve lost that personal relationship with God through sin. But Jesus came to restore it, and he did restore it for all who are willing to receive it. Now, in Hebrews uh, 9.14, we read these words, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, their conscience kicked in. They were guilty. You see, in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees, and God told Adam and Eve to eat from any of the tree in the garden, or any of the trees in the garden. And they could eat from the tree of life. The only tree they couldn't eat from was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because you see, living by the knowledge of good and evil is living by the tree of death. God doesn't want us to make decision based on good and bad. He wants us to make decisions based on his voice, based on what he tells us. Our conscience cannot be our ultimate guide. Our conscience is going to bring guilt and condemnation to us, you see, because we now know the difference between good and evil. We know what's good. We know what's bad. We know when we sin. We know whenever, uh, and, and, and we're separated uh, from God, and our conscience 
keeps us from going to God. Because you see, uh, listen to what it says here again. How much more with the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Our conscience is based on our works. Our conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are washed away. And all of a sudden, we're free to move on with God. We don't have to be uh, 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 separated from him anymore. But it's only through faith that we can come to Jesus and receive that cleansing of our conscience. The, the Lord wants us to have a clean conscience. He wants us to have a good conscience. But don't let your conscience keep you from coming to God. Sometimes whatever you sin, your conference will tell you, I've got to get things right with God. And I can't get with God until I get things right with him. The only way that things are going to be gotten right is if you go to God. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is, if you confess your sins and you've got to come to him to confess your sins. And so, uh, the way that you wind up having a clean and a good conscience, it comes from listening to God. In Luke 8, I'm sorry, Luke 10, 38 through 42, we read these words. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted by all her preparations. And she came up to him, said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Now listen, you see what's happened here? <clears throat> Martha's invited Jesus as a guest. She's invited him, but now she's not listening to him. She's busy taking care of all the social aspects that need to be done, all the things that a good uh, a host or hostess is supposed to do for a visitor, especially a dignitary. And so she's running around doing stuff, and Mary is seated at the feet of Jesus. Martha is distracted by what she thinks is good, but this is just it. The choice is not between what's good and what's bad. The choice is between what's good and what's God. And listen to what Jesus says. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered by so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha was doing something that was good, and what she was doing that was good was bad in this instant. You see, we don't listen to our conscience. We listen to God. It's not, is it good or bad? It's, is it good or is it God? In order to follow his voice, we have to take time to stop and to listen. And Jesus said only one thing is needed, sitting at his feet and hearing his word. Now, I and other ministers and other teachers, we can teach you the best we can how to hear God's voice. But there's some things that we cannot do for you. Only you can listen and only you can develop your personal relationship with God. Hearing God 
is about having a personal relation. He wants to have that relation. You were created to have that. You were separated by sin. But God, in his goodness and mercy and grace, sent his son Jesus to pay the price for our sin so that we could be cleansed from all unrighteousness and come boldly before the throne of grace and visit with him and he with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you still speak to us today. We're so grateful that through Jesus, our relationship with you has been restored. We uh, 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 pray that you would help us to commit to spend time with you each day and to listen to your voice. Lord, we're just going to commit to do that right now. And so we ask, please, to open our ears to hear you in new ways. Open our hearts to understand you and empower us to fully submit to you and to grow in our love relationship with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we thank you for spending time with us today. And if you're in the San Philip area, uh, we would uh, welcome you. We would just love to have you to visit with us and worship with us on Sundays at 10 o'clock. And we're uh, just about 40 some odd miles uh, to the west of Houston. And uh, we'd love to have you. But if you can't make it to San Philip and worship with us, uh, I hope that you'll join us again next week. And until then, goodbye and God bless.